How's it going, everybody? Live from Miami, Florida. It is episode 188 of TLDR Podcast. Now, guys, I tried to find some cool um, stat uh, that had to do with 188. That's not, it just didn't happen. So I'm going to do it this day, (laughs) both, both in sports and in like outside of sports. So I'll start with outside of sports. In 1919, the U.S. Congress on this day, so it's not 188, but it's this day as we're recording. Uh, So February 26th. 1919, the U.S. Congress established the Grand Canyon as a national park in northwestern Arizona. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if, if has anybody been to uh, the Grand Canyon here? I have. Yes. And is it as spectacular as they say? Absolutely. Or is it just hole in the ground? Seven. So I don't really remember, but I think it was great. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's one of those things you just got to go see it before before you die. It is, it's, it's, especially even California, dude, it's like a fucking six hour drive. Just make a make, make, make weekend out of it. Just do it. Well, that depends on what part of California you're living fair, in. Fair, fair. If you're in Southern California, because that's like a 35 hour drive. <laughs> Southern California. It's very close. Fair enough. Um, okay. So in 1935, the New York Yankees released Babe Ruth and he went and signed with the Boston Braves. So that was, that's pretty cool. Uh, Tyler, uh, there's your baseball. Um, How is everybody doing? Let's start with James. How was your week? How's your weekend? Uh, Anything noteworthy now that football is over? Nothing noteworthy now now that football is over, but I did golf this weekend and I made money off of it. So thank you, Frankie and AJ for donating to me (laughs) and my short game. I love that. Um, And then on Sunday, I did a Pliny the Elder and Younger tasting, which was very fun. Traden was supposed to be there, but decided to fly out to Miami instead because he hates his friends. So we'll do it again next year. It's fine. I do. I do hate you guys. Uh, Miami is very nice. It's actually cooler than normal, but I am sorry. I missed brunch. Um, Alex, uh, what about you? Uh, are, are you playing golf now? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing the golf, uh, but I'm doing well. Yeah, it was the, this was the first weekend I've had in a while where uh, we have like nothing going on, which was great. Did a whole bunch of nothing. Um, other than buy some other plane tickets for trips I got later on. But um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. We're in the thick of it in the NBA and I'm, I'm ready for, for baseball to start for sure. Yes. I think we all are waiting for baseball to start. It is just around the corner. Speaking of baseball, Tyler, how are you feeling? How has this season started for LMU? If it started at all? Yeah. Um, started off uh, four and three for the first two weeks. So pretty solid start for us. Um, some good wins, some not so good wins, um, or lot, not so good, not so good losses. Um, but overall pretty solid. Um, what we got this week, we have a home series against Villanova, super random school we're playing, but, um, they'll be coming up, coming downtown. So it'll be our first home, uh, series this weekend. So that'll be nice. We're also playing Kelsey Fullerton tomorrow night and then Michigan on Wednesday night at home. So, uh, good slate of games. And yeah, so we're doing good. It's always good to, you know, having college baseball around is kind of a nice, Thing for me you know just having baseball like actual baseball that's meaningful you know kind of helps me get through the lull of spring training that baseball can kind of hit around this time of year so it's kind of nice to get out there and actually have some good good competitive baseball yes uh yes that i'm, I'm sure that that at least um uh scratches the itch a little bit for you um before the before the mlb really takes off um love that love that well we're gonna we're gonna hop right into it we're gonna go back to we're gonna actually gonna go back to the NBA. Uh, Alex has not uh, gone, has not started in a while, and I want to talk some NBA. We have some important stuff to talk about because teams are starting to kind of figure it out. 
but also some teams are kind of falling back. So we're kind of, so Alex is going to take us all through it. So Alex, why don't you take it away? Yes. Thank you. Traded. Um, we are going to start with the NBA all-star game, um, which was not a hit. Unlike LMU pitchers who only hit batters. Bang. <laughs> brought it back. Burn. Got if em. no one looked at that, go on to the interweb, interwebs, the WWWs. Um, yes. So the NBA all-star game, uh, Honestly, I didn't even watch it. It's kind of like the Pro Bowl now, where you're like, no, even if you are a major fan of the sport, you're probably not watching it. Um, it got just destroyed in the media, former players just bashing on it. Um, so with the uh I would say average intellect of the four of us combined, um, I'm hoping that we can fix the NBA All-Star game if with this with this podcast. So um, obviously Adam Silver is listening. Um, he listens to every podcast he told me. Um, so I'd ask the boys to come up with their ideas on how to fix the all-star game. It can be whatever they want. Um, I already kind of know trade-ins because he texted me separately because he wasn't, wasn't sure he was going to make this one. So trade you're going to go last because I already know yours. So I'm interested in the other boys. James, we'll start with you. How are you going to fix it? Well, I think I'm going to start off and keep the premise as East versus West, because that's going to play a big part in my resolution of the NBA All-Star game. So it's pretty much like the winning side. Let's say the West wins. The winning side and all the West teams get all these benefits for the remainder of the season and the beginning of next season until the next All-Star game. Okay. Uh, I'm proposing a lifestyle and travel change for all teams on the losing side. This means that if you lose the NBA All-Star game, and let's say in this hypothetical situation, the East loses, all the East teams from that point forward have to travel with regular people. They don't get to, they don't get those private planes no more. They don't get those charter planes anymore. They gotta travel at they gotta travel spirit with regular people every single time they travel from that point forward. And and if they and then another thing is that they stay in motel sixes and the winners, all the West teams, get to stay in nice hotels with breakfast and lunch and all the services, and the losers will stay at a motel six. And the big one that I really like is that if the winning team wins the the winning side, the winning conference wins the NBA championship, they get an all expense paid uh, vacation or uh, celebration thing to wherever they want to go in the world. Everything's all set. You're good. If the losing conference wins the NBA championship, they get a pizza party at the mom and pop shop down the street. So like, you really want to win, right? You want to you want you want to be on the winning side of this. Doesn't matter if. If you're a team that's competitive, if you're like an all-star from a from the jazz, it don't matter. Like you want to win because you want to travel private. You want to have the nice hotels. If you do win the championship, you want to have a nice thing, right? And if you're on the losing side, you're just screwed for the rest of the season and then some. So you this makes it way more competitive and puts way more on the line. And it doesn't really cost the players that much extra. So you might as well make it work. Wow. That is not what I was expecting you to say. Um, <laughs> follow-up question. NBA players are generally taller than the normal population. Do they all have to sit in the middle seat? <laughs> yes. So player, all 12 players, 15 players are on your roster, including coaching staff will have to sit in spirit with regular people and right. don't have extra leg room. Don't lose. Simple Except the athletic trainers. They get first class. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you trade. Oh, Eric, Eric, they're, going, they're going to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that feels unrealistic, but I'm into it. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Tyler, we 
I'm curious to see if yours is a little more uh, logistically capable or just fucking out there. Let's hear it. Well, James, I did like your take because my first gut response when Alex sent this prompt was how we fix the NBA also game is like my response is you fucking kill it because like there is no fixing it because it just seems like it's it's unfixable. Um, so I like the fact that he just went all out and just tried to do something silly, but, um, cause that's what it is right now. It's just silly. So might as well, might as well make it even more silly, but, um, I did kind of think about it and think about it in terms of, you know, maybe how you would actually try a little bit. Um, I think obviously like the players don't want to play a full game. Okay. So let's take that out. I think you just got to re reimagine how you're going to put some sort of entertainment product on the field, on the, on the court that people still want to watch that players still want to play just a little bit. You don't have to play a whole lot, just a little bit. So I'm thinking like, uh, like games of 21 and you have four teams split amongst everybody and they get the drafts. Like the, the top four, top four vote getters get to kind of pick their teams. Um, and they do round Robin games to 21. Right. So that all happened in like, you know, two minutes probably. And then the top two teams, of that round robin play in the championship. You can do a full quarter if you want. Um, another game 21, I don't know. But then that team gets a lot of money or all expenses paid vacation, as as James mentioned. Um, something like that. I think you just got to minimize how much they're actually playing and kind of keep it a little bit short and simple because that's just the attention spans and the kind of the effort level I feel like the NBA is going towards. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I would suggest. Okay. I like that. That is kind of similar to what the NHL did this year. Right. Is uh, I don't know if that's where you got the that's, idea. That, that's yeah. That is partially how I. Is that's to that. that's what, when you were talking about it. I was like, oh, similar to what the NHL did, and we all kind of agreed that that was fun, and they the NHL did a fun job doing that. Trade in. Uh, yours is again since I kind of already know it, but the other boys don't. Give us give us your suggestion. Yeah. So. <laughs> We were all wrong about one thing this season. All of us on this podcast around November, early December said that the in-season tournament, and I know this is not the all-star, that the, but that the in-season tournament was a joke and that why are we doing this? And then the semifinals happened and then the finals happened. And all of a sudden, all collectively, the players, the NBA, and all of its fans were like, okay, this is fucking legit. And it really was. Like those players played their hearts out. So here's what you do. Christmas Day is where we always start. Um, Christmas Day is where we always start. Uh, you know, there's always games on Christmas Day for the NBA. That's when you start the round robin for this in-season tournament. Okay. That's what that's the that's the start of the in-season tournament round robin. Those games, as you guys remember, the round robin was the real uh like they were actual regular season games. You play your round robin and your the weekend that the 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 weekend that falls for All Star is it, it is which is like what the second week of February or whatever third week of February is the semifinal and the final games for your in season tournament. You just scrap the All Star game and you we know that the players were already getting up and ready to play for the in season tournament. Like there was something to 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 play for. The one thing is is you have to get other All Stars involved, and I think you can maybe do some kind of skills thing. Still, I think that 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 could probably still be reworked a little bit, and that could fit into the uh, whole weekend. But have the NBA and have all of its fans focus on the in season tournament for a weekend, and I know they will because we we learned something back in back in December that it is fucking legit, and even I say that after I bashed it on this podcast for so very long. 
you don't, you don't need the all-star the you don't need the all-star game it's a joke and everybody here agrees and even the players agree but the in-season tournament is not and i think that they i think that the nba may have found something here so utilize that and put it on that weekend the the thing is is that there's no football that you're competing against there's no there's not really any hockey that you're competing against there's no baseball you're competing against it's your weekend you take it and run with it and i guarantee it'll be a better weekend for everybody yeah, both the NBA and the NHL obviously wait to do their All-Star games until after the Super Bowl is over, which is smart because it would be silly to do it the same week. They fall obviously all kind of in February, but they typically try to wait until after the Super Bowl is over, which makes a whole lot of sense because the Super Bowl kind of takes over the sports media world, at least within you know the United States. Uh, Traden, I love that idea. I think that's. I think that would just garner more people and maybe the other all-stars that aren't a part of the teams that are, you know, the final four can just sort of like oh, get, sure. get front row. Like they're just sitting on the sitting court side or something. And they're just having a, I'm sure they would have a fun time and potentially still do the dunk contest. I mean that honestly, the three point contest seems to be more exciting now than the dunk contest. So maybe we just get rid of the dunk contest in general. Um, that's a whole other discussion, but I like that. Um, I don't know how would you have every round robin begin on Christmas Day because it's sort of like a it's kind of Christmas Day in the NBA is you know that like honor game like you have to be a top team right I think I think it's just kind of because I don't think every single team started theirs on the first day or whatever like they kind yeah. of staggered it mm-hmm. it's just it you know you still have the marquee teams like if you're a Christmas Day team you're one of the better teams and that's just when that that the marquee round Robin will start. It just, I, I use Christmas day because it's kind of a, it's, it's a good place marker to start the thing. Yeah. And it's just around, around the same amount of time that it took to get to the semifinal and final game. So. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I think just having the whole world, like it worked really well with all those games in Vegas and. And that's ten- the thing. It's a neutral site. It's yeah. still a neutral site. Yeah, that's true. Uh, unless like your team, whoever's hosting the all-star game, area just happens to win that win into the final four, but it's just like the NFL, you know, you could win the super bowl at your home on your home uh, field. You just got to get lucky a little bit. Um, My idea, I'm kind of taking this a little bit away from the NHL as well. Get rid of the game completely um, and just do a one-on-one tournament. If you, and then if you have double digit all-star appearances, so if you're Steph Curry, if you're KD, if you're LeBron, you can opt out if you want. Everyone else, you have to participate. First to 11, inside the three-point line is one. Outside the three-point line is two points, just like everyone has always grown up playing pickup basketball. And whoever wins gets a million dollars, just like McDavid won. Give a little prize away. Maybe that will incentivize them. I thought about doing what baseball used to do, which is like whichever conference won the All-Star game hosted the like they got home court in the NBA finals, but that feels it didn't work in baseball. I don't think it will work in the NBA. Um, in my mind, this like it, you just got to give the players a chance to showcase their skills, but don't make them work too hard. It's a long season. We already have issues with how long the regular season is and the all-star game. is just, it's just not working like it used to, um, which is unfortunate, but uh, Adam Silver, I hope you listen because all of our ideas fixed it or combined them in a little bit. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, just make it better. Um, okay, we are moving on, though, because now we are post the All-Star break and getting closer to the playoffs and like into seating and stuff. 
Traden kind of mentioned this in the NHL the other day with the Eastern Conference. And, and on my end, we're doing it on the Western Conference. It looks like the teams are kind of locked. Maybe not all in their positions. There could be some teams that, um, you know, jump into the top six or some that fall into that play-in. Uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. You know, like, are these Western Conference teams locked? Are we going to see any sort of surprises, any droppers? Kind of what? what is your feel for the West right now? I mean, I definitely feel like the teams that are in going to be in the playoffs are kind of set. I don't really think there's any teams that are below that play-in spot that are going to be good enough to go on a run these last, was like like 25 games or so, um, are going to exceed. And I don't think there's any of those teams that are in that play-in that are really going to jump. Um, I think the only real real movement you're going to see is kind of those those top play-ins and, and those bottom um, teams. There's the top six teams. Um, though, though, th- those might shift a little bit. Um, you know, I don't really know who, but I feel like just the net naturally, I don't, I don't know if, the, if that's really going to set. Obviously I think the top, the the top four there are, are, are pretty solid. Um, I think just kind of that, that middle ground, um, is, is, is going to be where you're going to see some movement. Like, I don't really have a lot of confidence in the Suns, uh, Kings, I think like Pelicans, Mavericks, those, those teams I think could, could definitely shift, but I think, you know, Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets and Clippers, I think are the top four easily. Um, and like I said, I don't really see, you know, like, you know, the Lakers and Warriors are the bottom two, but I don't see them falling out. I don't see any of those teams like the Jazz and Rockets making a run. So, um, I think more like kind of the, you know, more seeding, but I think the teams are there pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I can see that definitely. Yeah. The, if we did the tier list now, it would kind of be like four teams, four teams, two teams, booty cheeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trading. what about you with the West? Do you think, and you can, if you want to drop somebody from the top six into the plan or bring a playing team up into the top six, if you like a lot of that's really tight right in there. So how do you, how do you see it potentially um, playing out? Yeah. So when you, when you asked about this, you know, you, you, and I opened up the standings, it, this, this particular conference is just, it, it just shows how deep the West is relative to the East. Um, the all teams that are in the top 10 and miraculously the golden state warriors are part of this. Um, they have a above 500 record. That's not the case in the East. It just shows how, how top heavy the East is relative to the, to the West. But you, you also look at the last 10 games and all of the last 10 games for the, for those top 10 teams are well above 500 um, and all the teams below that are not. This is the type of, t- this is the time, same with the NHL where the good teams really figure it out and figure out their spot and, um, and the bad teams kind of fall off. I do think that this is, these are the 10 teams that we're going to see. I do think the Clippers actually stay. I think the Clippers have played well enough as of late. I know that they haven't been as hot at, you know, in the in recent time here. Uh, but I think that they're going to be okay. Uh, I don't know what to think about the Suns. I, I think that the Suns could go either way. Then again, you look at who's below them. And I think I kind of put the Suns in with the Pelicans and the Mavericks in that. And even the Lakers and the Warriors are like, I, I just don't know what to expect on any given night. Um, the, but, but you also look at, you also look at the way that the, the teams in the play in are playing right now, they they have better, you know, last 10 records than most of the teams above them. So it, 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 everyone's kind of playing the, their best basketball at the same time. It's just um, uh, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I like to think that the, that the Phoenix Suns do end up staying in the top six and we're going to see um, that that um, playing tournament play out the way it is. I think it's very important for the Lakers and the Warriors to be in the seven or eight spot. Um, and I say that because 
you don't want to play an extra game if you you don't want to have to play or play an extra game. You you want to play the least amount of games as humanly possible. Also, give yourself a chance to get back in in case you do lose. It's just not worth uh, the wear and tear on that old on on your on your old teams. Yeah, trade, and that was a very good point. And I was going to surprise James with that question. So appreciate you doing that. Right. Uh, so James, your surprise question is. You know, are are there any teams kind of like Trey mentioned with the Lakers and the Warriors where he thinks it's, you know, imperative for them to get into that seven or eight spot that there are teams that need to hit, get into a certain, a certain level, like, like what Trayden's saying, or is it even, you know, do you want to see someone like Phoenix or Sacramento avoid the play in, or do you think Dallas or New Orleans needs to get into that top six to avoid it? Um, what are your, and then, you know, your general thoughts on the Western conference. I think trading <clears throat> nailed that. It's just the older teams like the Warriors and the Lakers. You want the least amount of games possible, right? Uh, but for the Pelicans, as young as a team that they are, they could use a little bit more experience. So maybe another another game doesn't help hurt them that much. Like um, they're probably not going to win the championship this this year, okay? But they're a young team with a ton of potential, and the more experience and the more playoff games you get under your belt, typically the better you get. So although you don't want to play another game in this playoff sequence, if you want to start out the championship, if the Pelicans drop to the 10 seed or the nine seed, like another game won't hurt them. It might actually help them. You're not going to win it. Get some more experience. That'll help you in the long run. Right. Um, and in terms of this entire Western conference, I think the top six teams are set. They're not moving anywhere. They are where they are. I think Personally, that the Warriors are going to make a better run. So I think the Warriors are going to end up at eight. The Pelicans move down to nine. The Lakers move to 10. And the Mavericks move to seven. That's the way I see it moving out right now. Uh, the Pelicans are kind of shaky as of late. Uh, two, two losses. I mean, they're seven and three, but still two losses. When it gets tighter and when they start to fold a little bit, that, that's what's going to happen. Those teams who aren't in the play-in tournament, they're not making it. They're not, are the Jazz going to make a push? No. Are the Rockets? Absolutely not. And everybody else is way too far gone. So I think that the top six teams are set, but there's going to be some movement in the plane. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I mean, as we sit right now, the Kings, the Suns, and the Pelicans are all six and a half back of the top spot, which is technically tied with Minnesota and OKC. And it is wild when you look at that because so also then Dallas is seven games back and they're the eight seed in the East. Boston's seven and a half up on the two seed. So it's like Boston's a wagon and we did a good job of putting them in conference favorite. And then it's kind of like a who knows. And in the West, it's all who knows, which is just wild how that has happened. So um, that is that is interesting. I agree. I think the 10 teams that we're going to see in the playoffs slash play in are are there. Um, I I think I agree with trade. And I think teams like the Lakers and the Warriors would love to be in the seven, the eight. I mean, obviously five, six, but uh, that feels unrealistic at this point. Um, but sometimes those play in games get you momentum and you can ride that through the playoffs. Look at the heat last year. They did it. So it, and James and to James's point, the Pelicans, maybe a blessing in disguise type thing. You get, you get one big win and you go on a roll and then you kind of go from there. Um, you know, we saw, we saw that in baseball with the one game wild card. We saw a lot of those teams end up making the world series. So Maybe it's just part of the part of the mojo. Who knows? Um, all right. And then moving on to the Eastern Conference, we have two teams that are somewhat faltering. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. 
kind of for different reasons. Um, the Sixers, obviously, without Joel Embiid, kind of up in the air on potentially when he will come back, if he'll come back for the playoffs. They've fallen down to the five spot, um, and they are three and seven in their last 10. Milwaukee, we've already sort of talked about this, but with Doc Rivers, it has been a real roller coaster. Um, you know, and then I guess, so I guess my question is, Traden, we'll start with you. Um, you know, which team are you more worried about? We'll say like long-term comp, because we, I believe we both put those teams in, could make a deep playoff run in our tier list. Which one are you potentially more worried about staying in that tier as the season progresses and we get closer to the playoffs? Um, I'm going to have to say I have a lot. I have a little bit more uh, concern about the 76ers, um, just given the fact that it's just been this long stretch without Joel Embiid and, and the impacts of that uh, are, are pretty apparent. Um, the the Bucks actually, as of late, they've actually since the that 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 break that they had, the All Star break. They've come out of that, and, and it's almost like they got rested, and they look a lot better. That's kind of now. I'm not saying that, that um, you know everything's all hunky dory with uh, with Doc Rivers, but it just looks a lot better. It looks like things have maybe have tightened up a little bit there. Uh, the problem that I have, I, I will say this: the problem I have with the Bucks is that is that their their bench ranks 27th in the league, which is a concern in terms of deep playoff threat. That that is not that does not bode well um, if you're trying to you know if you're trying to make a long run, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I just, I just worry about the 76ers. Why? Because, you know, beyond Joel Embiid, who do you got? And I think that, I think you look at, uh, you know, Tobias Harris is kind of like the X factor here. And if Tobias Harris isn't, isn't going off with, without Joel Embiid there, they just don't look, they just don't look like they're competitive enough. Um, you know, outside of Maxi and Embiid, Harris is the guy that needs to step up and live to live up to his, um, you know, expectations. And he's just been slumping too much. And, and you see the results of that. And, and without Joel Embiid there to kind of, you know, um, you know, be that consistent big guy, I think the 76ers are doomed for another, uh, you know, postseason like we've seen in the last two or three here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely understand that. James, what about you? I'm actually a little bit more concerned about the Bucks here. Um, <clears throat> getting a new coach halfway through the season, and the new coach being Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers is a pretty accomplished coach. Like he's done some big things. He's won an NBA championship and all that. But recently, he hasn't been taking accountability for his actions. He's been blaming a lot of other people. Like his interview recently, when he just threw Kawhi under the bus, and then he threw the Bucks management under the bus. That's not something that you want from a leader of your team. And coming into a team that's Stock full of superstars, right? You have Dame, you have Giannis, you have his brother, Giannis, who's trash, but he's a superstar anyway, kind of thing. Superstar. Superstar. It's it's <laughs> already hard enough with an entire offseason to get to know the players to kind of get them to buy into your system. But then coming in halfway through the season, when they already have, they had a good record. They were very good. Coming in throughout for the season to destroy those habits, to destroy the philosophy of your game, to put something else that you want to install. That's going to be really hard and it's going to be a big learning curve. It's not like the NHL where you get a new coach and boom, you're going to win five games in a row. In the NBA, it's a little bit different. And I think for me, it's more of the expectation versus the reality here. Like the expectation was the books are going to be good. They're expected to do well. They were doing well. They made a coaching change to do even better, but that hasn't panned out so far. They haven't been the best and the, the separation between the Bucks and the Celtics has just widened. On the 76ers side, the expectation was to do well. 
they were expected to do well, much like the Bucks were, and they were doing well, but they had a ma- major injury, and then your expectation goes down, right? When your MVP, when possibly the MVP of the league on your team goes down, you're not expected to do that well as of right now until he comes back, which he will probably do in mid-March, right? Here's what's happening now. You're, the expectation is the same, but the expectation for the Bucks is not the same. So I'm a little bit more worried for the Bucks than I am the 76ers. Okay. Yeah. I well, I I agree with you. Um, but I'm gonna let's hear Tyler's point and maybe he'll maybe he'll persuade me. Yeah, I'm really glad I went last because literally when I was looking at both of these teams and trying to come up with an answer of, you know, am I more worried about the Bucks or the Sixers? My note in here is I don't know. Um, I think <laughs> I think they're both a good case to be worried about. I think both James and Trade made good cases for both of those teams. My my gut reaction is the Bucks. And I think more to James's point. Like I really didn't like that uh head coaching change. It obviously didn't didn't get off to a good start. It seems as of the most really recent history that they might have turned a corner with that. Um, but the James's, you know, points it I don't know if that's necessary. There's still evidence that maybe that's not the best decision in terms of, you know, changing head coaches there. So um, for me, it's the, Bucks. I, I would slightly go to the bucks. I like, I, I agree with um, trade and when his points made the Sixers and like, obviously like you have to have Embiid in there. I think that he will be, they're going to get him good to go, you know, kind of right before the season ends and, you know, hopefully get a few, few games. And so he'll be good to go for, for playoff time. And I think when that happens, I think the Sixers will be fine but it's the bucks for a lot of other reasons for off the court reasons for chemistry reasons that thing can really derail a basketball team and i i'm not 100% sold that that doc rivers move was the right decision so for me i'm still going to go with the bucks here yeah i think i think it's an interesting question because if you look at the standings now and where the sixers were pre injury to Joel Embiid you'd be like oh man and they're free falling like this is a problem but if he's going to come back and it looks like he will be back for a late season run again, his health is like, it's so dependent on their success. And if he comes back and is healthy and can perform, they can go on a run in the playoffs. Milwaukee is generally healthy. It's just, it it should not working. I mean, yes, they are. They have a good record. They're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to fall into the play in tournament, which is a potential worry for the 76ers, which is a team like, the Lakers and the Warriors, where I think they would really should avoid that if they can. I mean, the Lakers and the Warriors are kind of too fucked already, but um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I think we looked at the Bucks coming into the season as a top two, top three team in the East with potential, you know, title aspirations, and they don't feel that way right now. But I think the Sixers, if Joel Embiid can come back and be healthy and be Joel Embiid. They feel like a more complete team than the Bucks right now, and just a team that's playing playing better. That could all change. We've seen teams go on different types of runs all season. I mean, the Cavs are going on a crazy run right now to um, get themselves high up in the Eastern Conference standing. So we will just have to see. But you know, two two teams uh, coming into the season we thought were going to be really good, um, and they have kind of been up and down. So um, we'll see as we come down the last you know twenty twenty five games or whatever it is. Um, all right, we are doing marquee matchups. Um, it's been a while, obviously, since I hosted uh, last week. James went two and one, or two weeks ago, two and one. Tyler, one and two. Traded one and two. And your boy went three and oh. Um, overall standings, trading 14 and 28. Not great. Yes. Uh, 
James, 19 and 23. You're getting a little closer and closer and closer to 500. I am 26 and 16, just one game behind Tyler, 27 and 15. Tyler, you've had a little bit of a slide lately. You're up by like five games and now it's down to one. Oh. So Ooh. figure it out. Um, panic, all right. panic. <laughs> we we have so much riding on this. Uh our firstborn children. Um all right. <laughs> Mavericks at the Cleveland Cavaliers. James. Cavs. Uh Tyler? Cavs. Trade. Uh Mavericks. All right. Trading, you kind of have to go for it. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll, I'll say one and two is basically my record. One and two. Like, I'm 33%. Let's go. Keep it up. I'm going to go with the Cavs. They've been playing really well of late. Um, and then we have the New Orleans Pelicans taking on the New York Knickerbockers. Tyler? Knicks. Knicks. Uh, Trading. Pelicans. Pelicans. James? Knicks. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pelicans because I want to make up a, a potential spot on Tyler. And then rematch of last year's NBA Finals Heat at Nuggies. Uh, Traded Nuggets, dude. Nugs. Uh, Ty. Nug Nugs. Nug Nugs. James. Is Jimmy Butler playing? Huh? Is Jimmy Butler playing, or is he going to be suspended? Ooh, that's a great question. I think he was, he was only suspended one game. I know that yeah. because of my fantasy team. In the heat. Okay. Yeah, I think he should be back by then. I don't quote me on that, though. Um, I'm going to go Nuggets. I don't know. The heat just, they're not doing it for me. Um, Traded. That's all I got. Uh, hopefully, Tyler goes 0 for 3 and I go 3 and 0 and can jump back in first place. Thank you. And yes, let's hope I go one and two again because I got to stay consistent at the 30. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Alex. Uh, that, that was a fun one to, to discuss. And uh, hey, Adam Silver, listen up and take fucking notes, bro, because we know how to run your league. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go back to baseball. We have the AL West to talk about. What's up, bro? We're back. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the AL West. Two of our, two of us on this podcast, favorite uh, division, although I think two of us are a little salty about one of the teams we're going to talk about. But what we will get there. Tyler, take it away, AL West. Yes, yes, yes. The American League West, uh, quite a contentious division for a lot of us on this podcast. Um, so we're going to go through it as we have done. Um, some worries, some concerns some hopefulness, and then the over-unders and the wins. Um, so let's go right to it. The Houston Astros are the defending AOS champions yet again. They were able to sneak away with that division title on the last day of the regular season in 2023 with a 90-72 record. Um, they ended up losing to the Texas Rangers in the ALCS in a thrill- thrilling seven-game series. Um, in the offseason, um, they extended Jose Altuve, uh, their franchise guy, five years um, they went out and signed the best uh, relief pitcher in the market, Josh Hader, to a five-year contract. And they also have a new manager, um, Dusty Baker, retired. So Joe Espada has taken over the helm there in Houston. James, you have the Astros here. Um, you know, a team that is, you know, everyone's a little bit sick of, unless you're, you know, a Houston Astros fan. Um, are they going to continue their success? 
2024. One reason for hope, one, one reason for concern for the Houston Astros. One reason for hope, their offense is still very good. And Jordan Alvarez, who was incredible last season and missed the third of the season, is finally healthy and he's starting the season off healthy for the first time in four years. That's great news for them. And they're also their lineup is still all there. Like everybody who was a guy is still there. Like Altuve, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, Chaz McCormick, even. They're still there. They're still hitting for contact, and there's no sense of them slowing down. But they also made a change at catcher. So Martin Maldonado is now gone and out of the team. And they brought in somebody else who can put up a hit. Because Martin Maldonado was invisible on offense at all times. So now you get production from your catching spot with first time in years. One reason for concern, you brought up their bullpen and how they brought they got Josh Hader. They have like three guys on that bullpen. Josh Hader, Ryan Presley, and Brian Brave. Outside of that, there's really nobody else because you lost Hector Neris, you lost Phil Maiden, you lost Ryan Stanley. They all they're all gone. So you're gonna need that bullpen to be relatively strong, especially if guys like Famber Valdez continues to have a terrible ground ball rate. And if one of those, if Josh Hader goes down or has a terrible season like he did in 2017, it's not looking too hot for that bullpen. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's definitely some, you know, reasons for, for concern there, but you know, at the end of the day, Houston Astros seem to find a way to put, put things together. Um, I agree with you. I think that that offense, that lineup is definitely one of the better ones in, in, in the American league. I expect them to contend once again, 24 until they, can prove otherwise that they suck, which has been a very long time. Unless things go drastically wrong, you got to expect the Astros to be a division favorite um, along with the team we're going to talk about next. Oh, wait, first over-unders, my bad. Uh, they're over-under for 2024, set at 92 and a half. Uh, James, what do you got? Under. Uh, Alex? Uh, over. Trading. I'll take the under. I think it's going to be a tight division. Right. I'm going to go over. Just hard to go against the Houston Astros as much as I hate to admit it. Uh, so anyway, moving on to our defending World Series champions, the Texas Rangers. They ended up tying record-wise 1972, but due to the tiebreaker uh, for, for regular season matchup, they ended up getting second place in a wild card spot. Um, like I said, they were the ones that ended up winning it uh, against the uh, Astros and then the ALCS and the World Series. Went on one of the most, most historic runs in the postseason that we've ever seen. Um Offseason, they didn't do a whole lot. Um, they pretty much retained what they have. Um, obviously, there's a lot of health on the health issues and concerns on the pitching side of things, but trade in one reason for hope and one reason for concern for the for the defending champs. Um a, a, a reason for hope is the fact that the that a lot of the team is back. I mean, I, I did they did lose a bit, but but uh, you know, a, a lot of the key players are back in there and and they they've they've won it, they know what the, what it takes and and they would aspire to be back. I mean, I, I don't know what other hope you have if you haven't made any moves. You haven't made the greatest moves, but I, I but I think they're a good enough team to make that clearly you they just need to make the playoffs and they can and they can make uh and they can do something with that. Uh so I think their 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 cost or their you know their hope is that you know this is a team that has the experience, they've done it before, they're gonna rally, they know what to do, they know how to win, and and they're gonna run off of that. The concerns is the same. You've kind of already alluded to it. Is is the injury on the pitching side? Uh, you know, the beyond Degrom and Scherzer. If you if you have Degrom and Scherzer to lead your pitching your pitching staff, you are you are great. You are fantastic. You're going to be fine, and you probably dominate the the West, the AL West. However, if you lose one of them or lose both of them, this is an eh. 
This is this is this is a pitching unit. It's 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 a pitching unit. It's not the pitching unit. It's just a pitching unit, and that's a problem. Uh, given the fact that um, I think that you're going to see a lot of pushback from the uh, from the uh, Seattle Mariners, uh, the Houston Astros are going to be always good, and I don't know if you can afford to to let i mean you, you can't afford to lose games to those guys because i think seattle actually i think i'm gonna say it right now i think seattle wins the division so um which is i know insane but i think they actually have a chance to win the division so you have them moving up you have houston that is always going to be good Te- texas needs to remain healthy and without that i just don't know if they're going to make it i mean literally seattle was two games out from a from a playoff spot like two games and and who would have thought that texas rangers may not have even made it yeah, the Rangers last year, you know, going into the season was a very intriguing team, a team that I feel like could have possibly been very good. They were they lost a lot for the previous years. You know, they were 100 lost teams not that not that long ago. Um but they added some guys in the offseason um and they w- ended up going on a huge run in, in, at the right time. You know, it it definitely feels like a team that's similar this year like they didn't really add a whole lot. Um just a team with a lot of injury concerns, you know. Um obviously Corey Seager when he's healthy is one of the best hitters in baseball, but can he stay healthy consistently? Um and then obviously you mentioned the pitching staff with Scherzer and DeGrom. Even Eovaldi has had uh injury issues, so that's a big concern. Um you know, it seems like a team that just uh you know had a little bit of an overachieving year and peaked at the right time. Like everything went right for them in in 23. It would, to me, my concern is I don't know if everything's going to go right for them again. Maybe it will, but that's just kind of my gut reaction to there. So um, they're over under set at 89 and a half. So pretty basically they expect them to do exactly what they did last year. But Trey, you got over under 89 and a half. It's under. All right, James. Also under. Alex. Well, also going to take the under. Under. It is for everyone, for the Texas Rangers. Sorry, Texas fans. Uh, moving on to the Seattle Mariners. Last year, finished 88-74. and 74. Uh, Third place missed the postseason, as Traden alluded to. Um, offseason, a uh, lot, lot, lot of trades. They traded for uh, infielder Jorge Polanco. They traded for outfielder Mitch Hanniger. They also signed uh, catcher Mitch Garber. Um, a lot has been said about, you know, the front office's, you know, lack of spending, and, you know, maybe that'll affect them. Maybe they won't. But um, Alex, obviously, a team two years ago broke their postseason uh, drought last year, just barely missed out. What do you expect? Reason for hope and concern from the Mariners this season? Yeah, reason for hope. Uh, the top three in that rotation have some of the nastiest stuff in baseball. Um, the top three could potentially be the uh, the top three starters in the American League West. It would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, they're disgusting. The Potential concern, um, you know, the the guys on the back end of that rotation are a little young, not a whole bunch of experience. Shout out uh, Brian Wu, though, Cal Poly uh, grad or Cal Poly alumni, I guess. Uh, so shout out to that guy. Honestly, didn't know who he was until I started doing research on this. So <laughs> awkward. Uh, the the lineup is good. I You know, I, I like the trade for Jorge Polanco to fill that second base hole where Colton Wong was just nothing last year. Um, but there's a lot of health concerns with, you know, Mitch Hanniger when he's healthy. Great. Not healthy a whole bunch. Um, you know, they're kind of betting on Luke Rayleigh who they traded for from Tampa to do what he did in Tampa in Seattle, which is 
typically not how things go for baseball players. They usually Tampa is a, a positive place for guys to go and Seattle, not so much. Um, so they're, they're really banking on those guys to do it. Um, the other kind of big, big positive is Julio Rodriguez could legitimately win five MVPs in a row. That guy is awesome. Um, so he's kind of the next Mike Trout and he could definitely do it, which is, which is great. Uh, I trade in a bold statement, say they're going to win. Uh, I would, James is going to hate this because he's James, but <laughs> Mariners go sign Blake Snell. You, that would be an incredible top four. And he's from Seattle. I don't like spend some money, get Blake Snell. He, you know, he's only going to pitch five innings. Your bullpen's dirty. That seems like, and you can't, no one can hit homers in that park anyway. So that all, that feels so right, but they're never, they're not going to do it. Yeah. It, it merit at class of Mariners. That feels like the right move. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, but I agree. I think it'd be a great signing and yeah, this Mariners team, you know, I agree. I, the pitching is there. Like there, you, you, you can count on that. As long as that pitching staff stays healthy, they're, they're young, they're nasty. You got to feel like they're going to have a, an, another great year. You're probably even better than they were last year, which is, it was saying a lot. Uh, yeah, then offense, can they put enough together behind Julio Rodriguez? That's really the, the, the big question mark. Um, as currently constructed, I don't know if that's enough. Um, but I, I have some slight more hope that the Mariners can get it done and make the postseason this year. I think they just missed out. Like I said, an overachieving Rangers team kind of got, got, got in the way there. Um, so we'll see how it goes. They're over under set at 86 and a half. So slightly less than last year. So I think it's going against what we think, but Alex over under 86 and a half. Um, 87 wins. All right. Over. So over <laughs> traded 91 over Ooh. James over at 88. <laughs> <laughs> Copy paste last year. Uh, I'm also going to go over. I don't know. I, I just got a, I got a, I got a good vibe in Seattle. I think, I, I think that they're going to get it, get it done this year. Um, moving on to the halos, the Los Angeles angels, two of our members, big, big, big halos fans here, James and trade in uh, James, you have um, this team to cover um, 2023, 73 and 80 and 89 finished fourth place. Missed the postseason yet again um, in the off season, you know, nothing of major note other than really, uh, getting a new manager. Uh, Ron Washington has taken over the helm there in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, he last time he managed, he managed the Texas Rangers back in those World Series. You know, we're not not winning, but teams that made the World Series that are there in Texas in the late 2000s. Um, so I think a pretty good hire there. Um, so Angels, obviously, this is the post Shohei Otani era starting now. Um, you still got Mike Trout, but uh, James, one reason for hope, one reason for concern for the Angels in 24. One reason for hope. You mentioned it, Ron Washington being the guy in LA or Anaheim. Um, he's built a really good reputation of being a great player coach and a great developer of potential, especially in the infield. And that's where we could use a lot of help because in the outfield, we got Mike Trout, so we're good out there. He does have 53 more wins that he has losses in his managerial career, so that's obviously a good start. And the players so far have responded very well to him. Case in point, Anthony Rendon, the man who hates baseball, showed up to spring training a couple days early to get some extra work in. That tells you a lot about the way Ron Washington is running the ship. Because Anthony Rendon does want, not want to play baseball. Reason for concern, Artie Moreno is still the owner, unfortunately. So that's that. <laughs> um, they had money to spend, and they said multiple times, and Mike Trout's like, give me a guy. They had all this money to spend, and they just haven't done it. 
Blake Snell still on the market. Cody Bellinger out now. Uh, Jordan Montgomery still out there, so they could still spend big on uh, two two great pitchers there. But they haven't yet, and I don't know what's going to happen coming up. But they have a lot of money; they should use it if they want to keep Mike Trout happy. Just even by name, get get a big name, get him on the team. That's going to make people a little bit more optimistic. And then they lost Shohei, so that, that's a big reason for concern there. Yeah, uh, it's this is going to be an interesting year for the Angels. I I, I don't know if you know. You know, obviously you lose Shohei Otani, so it seems silly to say that I think that that might help them, but I do think that there was a lot of distraction in terms of if he, is he going to stay, is he not going to stay? Now you know. Now at least you know you're 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 moving on without him, you know, and you got a new manager. I feel like it's going to be kind of a fresh start for the Angels. I feel like they're going to have they're not going to have a winning season, but I think they're going to have a better season. Than I think a lot of people think just because I feel like there's a lot of going to be a lot of moving on, a lot of cleansing, kind of moving forward to the, to, to the next chapter and a little bit of positivity in terms of just the direction of the team. I don't think the wins are going to be there yet, but I think the direction of the team moving forward past, you know, kind of what they used to have that didn't work out. I think will be there. I I, I just think that's gonna, if they can get rid of Rendon, I agree, <laughs> James. Uh, I think that's the last kind of, you know, toxic piece of that team that needs the need, that gots to go um but other than that i think that they're moving towards a, a a more positive direction in kind of this new era um their over under is set at 71 and a half so a little bit less than last season james you're pointing up so i'm taking i'm assuming you're taking the over yeah you would have said any number i would have said over <laughs> right, i love that die hard i love it alex Dude, Anthony Rendon might be the hardest person to trade in professional sports right now. <laughs> uh, like, dude, he's owed so much money and he's, oh God. I don't know. We're not going to talk about that. James, you hype me up. Over. <laughs> Trading. Um, I'm going to be optimist. Over. All right. I'm also going to go over. I just, like I said, they're not, I think they're kind of a mid 70s win team. Um, So maybe it's a little bit better than last year. I think they'll have some 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 good streaks there. Um, like I said, post Shohei era, they're going to move on. I think Ron, I think Ron Washington was a fantastic hire by them. Uh, moving on to the lowly Oakland for now Athletics. Um, last year lost 112 games. Obviously, the big thing is you know them moving to Las Vegas, which is still a tumultuous thing. That's kind of really the only major. Th- you know, story going on with Oakland is all the off off the field issues. Unfortunately, on the field, there's not much to look at. Uh, they did trade for Ross Stripling, which Alex, he you and I, he's he's one of our favorite guys. So I didn't know that until I looked at their transactions. I was like, ah, chicken strips and a that's dope. Um, maybe not for him, but I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, trade in. I, I I gave you the White Sox last week, which was a tough. Uh, reason for hope team, and I gave you another one. So you got back to back ones. This one probably even way harder. But one reason for hope and one reason for concern for the Oakland days. One reason for concern. Um, do I have like do I have to pick just one? I mean, <laughs> it's the it's a lot. Uh, how about how about this? How, how would I encompass it? <clears throat> it's the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> that's the that's that's it. That's all. I say I mean it kind of speaks for itself. I hate to say that. Or I should say it's the athletics because we don't know where they're going to be <laughs> at, uh, between uh, some come next year. So I, I hate to say that. It's just I they've done nothing. And it the ownership is horrible. And, 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 and I, there's nothing. The only sign for hope is to watch Zach. Is it Zach Galoff? Galoff? Galoff. Galoff play. I mean, he, he looked pretty good uh, when he debuted on July 14th. And that, well, look, 
when you're looking for when you're looking for hope, you're looking for either either young players that are coming in and and making a difference, or in the case of the Angels, watching Shohei play every well, until that, until this year, watching Shohei play every game. Like we, I mean, at, at some point, I expected us to lose most games, but going to the game and watching Shohei, that's what we that's what we went for. Now you can go watch this this guy play. And there, that's something. That's something to sink your teeth in. And and if the team starts to turn a corner, maybe he gets resigned, and they can build around that. You know, that that's what you look for in in uh, you know in 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 a hope side of things. And Geloff is the is, is the guy that you can sink your teeth in and hope for. <laughs> All right, I like that. I mean, like that was that was a tough one, but Traden, I applaud you on on finding a reason for hope for the Oakland A's. Uh, yeah, because like it's it's there's not much there. Obviously, all the you know the moving to Vegas, what ballpark are they going to be playing in next year? Like, there's just so much uh, off the field, like major issues that it just seems like a team just in an absolute mess, and there's just not much hope at all. But yeah, hopefully they have a you know some young studs coming up to the system that um that 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 the fans can get excited about. Um, so yeah, I guess that's really it. But yeah, the Oakland A's are bound to have another. Another abysmal year. Like I said, last year they won 50 games. Their over-under is set at 56 and a half. But somehow they, they expect them, them to improve. 56 and a half games. Uh, trading over-under that. I'm going to under that. I'm sorry. <laughs> James. So under. <laughs> Alex. Under. I hope they go to Sacramento for two years because I think I convinced my father-in-law to get season tickets. And... How how funny is it to like I was talking to him about this last weekend and like they would play in the Giants triple A stadium right now. And like imagine I was telling like imagine the Yankees and like Aaron Judge and Juan Soto just like showing up to like the triple A stadium to play a major league game. I think that's really funny. So I really hope that happens. Sounds like the Arizona Coyotes situation right now. Little it's a little bit like yeah, that. <laughs> that that would be hilarious. Um I'm also going under. Um it, That'd be crazy to pick the over on, on this team, but you know, Hey, yeah. maybe you make the bet. You make a lot of fucking money. If they win 60 games, who knows? That's still a shitty team winning 60 games. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, but that, that concludes the American league West division. Uh, thank you guys for your input. Um, this was our last American league division. So, um, I believe I'm hosting next week. Maybe if not, um, anyway, next time I got a segment, we're moving on to the national league. So buckle up for that halfway done. I'll be, we'll be excited for that. Thank you very much, Tyler. The American league is done. Uh, and we'll see how, we'll see how they fare, um, over the MLB season. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, James got another blind ranking for us. Can't wait for this one. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. James, I thought we decided Ray Charles was the best blind person in history. Why are we doing another blind ranking, bro? Because he isn't, is he? I don't know, man. What are you <laughs> say? I have no idea. Speaking of blind people, <laughs> our blind <laughs> ranking this week is going to be TV shows. Ooh. Sorry, blind people. Ooh, okay. uh, we're changing it up a little bit this time. Uh, we have three, three uh, tiers. But we have nine total TV shows, so three can Ooh. go in each instead of two going in each. So it kind of gives you some more flexibility here. Okay. But it's no changes good. this time. No changes this time because no changes. Okay. Oh god. I need to be better. Okay. Okay. It's a learning moment for Tyler. Uh, 
the three tiers are as follows. Number one, must watch. So basically, if it's on, you drop everything and watch it. The second one is, eh, it's cool. So basically, eh, it's cool. And the third one is trash, where you're going to go read a book instead or go touch grass or something. Some, something other than watch whatever's on. Okay. Y'all ready for it? Yeah. Here it is. Let's hit it. Number one, friends. That feels like the most eh, it's yeah. cool show, like possible. I would agree. Like you're in, here's here's my thought process. Oh, I'm in a hotel room. Oh, Friends is on. Yeah, I'll put it on and fall asleep. I literally, dude. Every time I'm on the road, I put on Friends, and that's the only time I ever watch it. Okay, and then trading. Are you cool with that? Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's not cool with that at all. Where do you want to put no, it's it? Fine. It's fine. It's it's probably the most fair because I know you're gonna have some banger freaking TV shows. I feel like if I feel like if we were doing this in 1997, then it would be a must watch. And if and if it was specifically sitcoms, it's like I'm not I'm not I'm gonna fight you guys. But it's I I would agree with you on that one. But probably gonna have like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and shit. So I don't want to waste fucking that spot on fucking Friends. So yeah, yeah. All right, James agreed in the middle tier. Yeah, it's cool for friends. Number two, The Office. Top. Top. Okay. Sure. Should we talk as much about it, but I know that it's beloved. So it, I like I'm, it. I'm fine with leaving it and it's cool, but I'm worried we're going to end no, up that's with crap. some we trash. We've got one comedy show in there, so we'll throw it up there. That, that, James, that's like, one. I mean, I don't, I don't scroll through live TV all often, except when I'm at hotels or whatever. Every, every once in a while, but if the office is on, it's an automatic. I don't even look at the rest of what's on. It's, it's going on there. It's going on the TV. So it's, it looks like uh, trading's a new Tyler for this week on TV shows. <laughs> that's fine, and that's fine. <laughs> There's got to be one every week. <laughs> Next one is Family Guy. Oh, oof. Traden, why, why don't you go first? Yeah, what do you think, Traden? This one. The- Oh, this one's not trash. That's the thing. Like, like you can't throw it I know. And and now we're gonna have some good ones in trash. So, yeah. What if they're all really good? What if it's like the lat? We <laughs> shit. Then, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not willing to. Are, are we willing to waste Family Guy on trash? Even though we know it's like, it's like you know, there's some trash that doesn't smell bad, and it's like you know, maybe it's like a like a banana peel or something. Like I like to, I like to smell bananas. You put it in the trash; it smells okay. That's family guy to me. <laughs> I'm, wow, I'm a kind of okay with that. I'm okay. <laughs> with that. Yeah. yeah, like I'm. It's more like I'm worried about what's going to come later. Yeah, I do. I do love Family Guy. Um, I would have. I don't. I don't think I would put it in must watch, but yeah, I agree. I think we need to probably even this out a bit. So we'll put it in trash, even though that's. But it's like top tier trash. Just so I feel. Banana yeah, it is top tier trash. It's like it's yeah. in the trash, but it's in a wrapper kind of, and you can take it out and you know eat it. <laughs> yeah, when you when you set it all up, make sure it's on the far left of the trash thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's at the top of the trash. We're not burying it yeah. like a used diaper or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh number four, how I met your mother. See, that oh. is trash. But what? I know Tyler loves this show. I love this show. It's my favorite, but we'll see what... Alex, what do you think? <laughs> I also really love this show, but... Go mid. mid. Yeah, I think it's mid. Yeah. I, think that, I think I would choose The Office. Also, because How I Met Your Mother, like, it really doesn't hold up. Like, you watch it now, and you're like, oof, it's like there a are, little... There are some... Yeah. 
but I'd still love it. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so far we have The Office that must watch, Friends and How I Met Your Mother at A, it's cool, and then Family Guy in Trash. Oh, oh trash. You have to give Top Tier Trash. Well, they're all good. They're all great shows. So that's, <laughs> Thank you, Dave. They don't never <laughs> belong there. Number five, The Simpsons. That see. I just That's don't care about The Simpsons, so I'm fine putting them in trash. Yeah, I feel like I would on animated shows. Yeah, like we didn't, we didn't love it as much as as you know our night. Also, our- just like, it's it's been on for too long. I don't give a shit. Yeah. See, if trash. you throw out South Park, I'm putting it at the I'm putting it at the top. That's that's the problem here. South, I see. Like I would if if I'm scrolling and South Park, Family Guy, and The Simpsons are all options, I'm probably going to pick South Park. Right. In yeah. case South, so so in in summation, trash. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> trash it is. Number six, Breaking Bad. I thought right. you were going to say South Park. That's and I was so excited. <laughs> one of the greatest shows of all time. I'm fine. So with that. That. I'm fine putting it with must watch. I I have to admit something. I have never still have never seen Breaking Bad, but I have I'm to not. admit something as well. Me neither. But what? But I have to respect the reaction that Trayton is giving right now, and how how that is everyone's reaction who's seen Breaking Bad. I told him I have not seen Breaking Bad. They literally shit their pants. So I would have to put it probably put it must watch. Trayton just put that used diaper because you shit. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I have we have to take. I'm with it. Actually, I'm I'm going to encourage you to follow the rules and watch the fucking show. I will. I'm (laughs) eventually I will watch it. Good. Once once I'm done with Drive to Survive, then then I'm in. Breaking Bad goes up to must watch. Next up, Game of Thrones. Must watch. Must watch. Okay, so get, must watch is now done. Yeah. The Office, Breaking Bad, and Game of Thrones. I think I'm I'm okay with that. That's a pretty solid three, even though I haven't seen them one of them. Like, like if I'm if I'm gonna start that on a basketball court, I'm feeling good. Like that's yeah. like yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Next up, Ted Lasso. Oh Shit. man, god damn it. See, that's what you wasted the fucking office on, you idiots. <laughs> oh no. It's gotta go in the middle. I, the honestly, middle. as much as I love Ted Lasso, I still would put the office above it. That's but insane. sorry. But yeah, I love I fucking I mean, love Ted Lasso though. But it, I mean it, it, it has to go yeah. and it's good. You, you can't put that yeah, in can't trash. Go in trash. You can't. I don't even know when okay, next show so- is. I'm scared, but it can't go in trash. <laughs> no, it, it has to go. go. The last show, guys, is a classic, and it's Tom and Jerry, which is going to trash. That's yeah. fine. I'm okay with that. I love wow, that show, but all it's animated, just trash. Yeah, honestly, everything is trash is animated. So to finish off our blind tier rankings, sorry, blind people for TV shows, must watch The Office, Breaking Bad, and Game of Thrones, and it's cool. Friends, How Much Your Mother, and Ted Lasso, and in trash, where you go read a book or touch grass instead. Family Guy, The Simpsons, and Tom and Jerry. I mean, I yeah. feel like for a, for a blind ranking, I think we did pretty solid there. Yeah, I agree. And remember, there's an asterisk around Family Guy. It's it's tough because those are all really good shows. It's not like you put in like the Real Housewives of Miami on there. I should have. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I was. I was worried we were going to get like The Bachelor season yeah. fifty six or like, enough, like Love Is Blind or some bullshit. Like you, you couldn't have thrown that in there. There's too many. There's not enough must watches. Then guys, come on, right, James? <laughs> Yeah, true, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, James. I hope you keep doing these because it's it's fun to you know. I, I wonder what the we need to have the audience like or like our fans like tweet us or Instagram us. Um, you know, with their their rankings, that'd be pretty fun. But uh, I I definitely I definitely appreciate it. Um, and we also as a collective unit here, we appreciate you fans for listening to us for 188 weeks straight. Although Woo. not straight, take our Christmas breaks, but that that. Is beside the point. Uh, <laughs> we have done this for 188 weeks, and we, um, you know, we we are loving it. We are having fun with it, and um, we hope you guys are enjoying it as well. We hope you have a great week. There's a lot of good hockey. There's a lot of good basketball, and and I did see some spring training kind of like spark up or something. I felt like I yep. saw. So um, it's uh, it, it's all coming. It's all coming together. I'm James. I'm sorry, football's not not back for a while, but but we need to save some room for the other three sports because the NFL is the dominant uh, juggernaut during the during its time. So it it, it needs to just chill. Yeah, just chill, chill There's out, football, drugs. chill out. <laughs> but uh, uh, we appreciate you, fans. Again, uh, we hope you have a great week, uh, and remember to always pay it forward. 